Welcome back to Box to Box. It's Rez and Alex. Hi, Alex. What's up? What's up? We have a guest. We have a guest. I'm excited for this one. I think of all the guests that we've had, this is some good conversations, but I have a very personal connection to the, to our next guest, um, mainly because I've been following them for the last like eight to 10 years, and I've also shopped from them. Nice. Uh, but I'm all about this part of like the uh, the soccer space. Football space, I could say, <laughs> for the next hour. Uh, Gary Bearton from uh, Classic Football Shirts. How are you? Hello. Yeah, very well, thanks. Yeah, how are you guys? We're good. Thanks, We're good. For, Thank uh, thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me. No, for sure. Um, I just wanted to jump straight into it. Um, we have a couple of segments we want to talk about. The first is obviously um, regarding Classic Football Shirts and the whole story and the breakthrough and how you guys have gotten to where you are. So... I, why don't we just start with, for anyone listening that maybe doesn't know what classic football shirts is, do you want to maybe give a quick explanation of sort of what you guys are and maybe specifically what you do? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is something that we, uh, we scratch our heads trying to find kind of a shorthand version of, uh, describing what we do because essentially, uh, we set out to have the biggest collection of football shirts in the world um, for sale, for archive, for content, for everything. And uh, yeah, because that is such a big net to cast, it's, you know, I feel like I don't really do it justice if I just say, oh yeah, we sell, we sell football shirts on the internet. No, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely more than that. Um, and it's definitely been a movement that you guys have created as well. And I think it's part of that is with sort of like the culture of reselling shirts and sneakers and shoes and all that kind of stuff. Um, I read, I, and I think this is true of how you guys have started. Um, and I think it involved a party, a Paul Gascoigne uh, outfit Gazza. and and five pounds of, of putting the outfit together. Is that, is that true? Or do you want to give maybe a bit more context about how the actual, that the, the spark of how it came to be? Yeah, well, I guess I, the, um, again, something that we probably never really thought about, uh, looking back to until kind of fairly recently. Now it seems like such a long time ago. It kind of, I don't know, it got lost along the way. The, the kind of original light bulb moment, and I guess it's, it's in some respects there wasn't one. Like we, we all kind of loved football and watching football on TV and growing up with football magazines, playing all aspects of it. And um, Doug, my older brother, went off to university, and um, he met Matt, who did the the same course as him, business management. And, um, yeah, I guess they just didn't really feel ready in their personal selves. So I want to go out there and get a real job. And they kind of both were, I guess, kind of quite savvy. I guess, um, so what was that early process like to start actually collect the act of collecting shirts? How did it actually start? What was the process like? I mean, a lot of it at that point was... um, was through eBay, uh, particularly the first maybe two to three hundred shirts that we got hold of. 
I'd say pretty much exclusively from there. Um, the initial process was just, you know, get, getting the products listed, figuring out kind of how to identify kind of conditions and brands and the seasons and kind of just being able to find an efficient method of getting these shirts out there. And, uh, yeah, just kind of stemmed from there, really. Were you guys looking for anything in particular? Or like, I mean, you said you're looking at trying to get as many brands and teams and you were looking at sort of the seasonality of it all. But was, were you, was it sort of just like any shirt that you guys thought that you could make a profit on? Or are you trying to get a wide variety from different countries and teams and leagues? I think at the absolute very beginning, it was about getting strictly the best shirt. But by the time we'd operated for around two years, we found both in acquiring the shirts and the interest that we'd had on the website, it, it was kind of worthwhile to cast that net further. And I guess that was really the point where we felt that there was kind of this community spirit behind it because you've got your own shirts that you like and we supported a big club so obviously there's a lot of people that like those shirts but then also there's hundreds of other clubs that people have interest in and there's really important things there for them as well and um yeah just kind of snowballed after that really chaos now yeah i can imagine i know there were a couple stories with um how you guys sort of ramped up in terms of the United kits, but also I know there was an AC Milan story in there. Do you mind sort of elaborating a bit on that and how that sort of like maybe created that snowball effect? Well, as it kind of developed, uh, I would like to say cult following at that point, I would still say it was very, very small, although we were kind of like blown away by it even then. Um, there were kind of people that would start to turn up, particularly when we moved to an office in, in the centre of Manchester. And just kind of the, the variety of characters, to be honest, and just people who kind of love football shirts for one reason or another. And um, one of these guys, Ettore, I think he kind of maybe been a, a footballer back in the day and a policeman in Italy. And he was this kind of very softly spoken, gentle guy. And, uh, yeah, he just sort of stated that he loved what we were doing and he just wanted to help us buy football shirts. And I guess kind of like naive youngsters, just kind of like, you know, this older guy, he's Italian, we're British. I don't know, it was all a bit of a strange experience to begin with. And he just starts ringing around a lot of Italian clubs and Italian brands and slowly but surely there's a kind of puzzle that emerges where you can kind of get all of this old stock and eventually, yeah, he worked his way through the actual club contacts and yeah, that's how AC Milan happened and as you can imagine, the particularly in, in Italy, people didn't want to take these phone calls. So it, it needed a character kind of as, as kind of motivated as Atore was. He was kind of so soft, but he was he would persevere. And it was only through that that you were able to kind of chip away and eventually, wow, yeah, 
I mean, we couldn't quite believe it when he was first talking about the uh, the stuff that was with AC Milan because it just it just didn't really feel like it could be out there. So just so I understand, so you guys basically had a connection through him, but even now in your like in your current state, you guys have connections with football clubs that what at the end of the season or at some point you would just kind of buy out their whole shop stock or he would just I, I think he would he he wouldn't necessarily know anybody that works for these clubs. He would just kind of turn up at their door as he turned up to our door and go from there. And uh, yeah, I guess that there was kind of money to be made in that. And obviously he had a passion for it as well. And yeah, it, it changed the way that we did things after that. I mean, we've always obviously had people that have, being a part of a, a network that that buy for us and and that grows all the time. But um, yeah, certainly the people like Atore helped us, particularly outside of the UK. No, for sure. No, for sure. And I guess that's the moment that your guys' collection really started to sort of hit that that, that, that uh, substantial point, right? Like it, it kind of went and got a bit overwhelming. Well, the benefit of it was that it kind of was a, a marketing campaign in and of itself when people found out on the uh, Chinese and South Korean and Thai football shirt forums. It, it kind of, yeah, that helped organically spread the message of it and people were coming to the website from all over the place and just buying these AC Milan products, but then also buying the other weird kind of bulk clearance items that we picked up. Uh, I mean, to look at it now, it's just, it's, it's farcical that we were selling, you know, one of our best selling products was a Shrewsbury shirt and somebody in China might come to the website and buy that. You know, they'd buy the AC Milan shirt that they'd heard about, but then they might pick up any number of things from there. And, um, yeah, that that allowed us really to then start buying just more and more stuff. Um, quite aggressively, I guess we bought the the newer stuff for a while. I think the beauty of it, and I'm a, I'm guilty of this myself, but I've for years I would come to your site. And I think this is what sort of people their experience was: is that you come to the site looking for whatever a Liverpool kit from 2005 or in a United kit from 2008 when they won the Champions League and then you just sort of fall into like I guess like the YouTube vortex of kits and you just see all these different things that you just didn't even know you wanted but that that, that moment you sort of see what you don't even yeah, well, you, don't, you, don't, you don't even know what you want until you see it you know what I mean yeah I mean I, I find that now I mean it's funny you should say that because you get um, these kind of marketing phone calls all the time saying like We'll look at your Google Analytics and uh, we'll, we'll find all these people that are sitting and looking on your website and we'll get them to buy stuff and like there's all these opportunities and you're sat there like, uh, no, it kind of is just because somebody's in a wormhole of looking at football shirts, yeah. you know, we don't really want to bother them too much with that. And uh, yeah, I guess that's a you have to kind of be that person to explain that person maybe 
Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing that sort of makes you guys stand out is obviously I think um, there's a couple companies that sort of like resell shirts or anything, but you don't see, and I don't, maybe this is my, my ignorance, but I don't think you see it a whole lot in other sports. Like I don't think you have, I mean, maybe in basketball, but like I know like with football or anything, maybe you know Alex, I, but do you, are there like, you don't do like foot, like football or basketball kit collectors from like, I mean, um, in basketball, you might get like in, in basketball, they sometimes, uh, like on re- the actual sites, like redo it on the actual sites. They have, uh, like this year, the, the Raptors are coming back with like their nineties jerseys, yeah. but that that's going to be available because the players are wearing them. Right. But I don't think they're going to have it available when the players aren't wearing them. I mean, I guess my, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is something about football fans and football kits from like what you see, like your yeah. your dad wearing and your grandparents wearing, and they obviously keep their kits and to have the opportunity to buy the authentic thing. Um, there's definitely like, the it sort of just passes down from like generation yeah. to generation, I think. And, and it has that like nostalgia feeling to it. I yeah. think that's like the main reason why people go on that site. No. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we were also saying, um, in conversation a while back that it's it's difficult to put yourself in the position of like an eight or nine year old kid now that's just kind of getting into football you're a completely different supporter you haven't kind of developed the cynicism that you kind of might do later on in your football sporting life and that comes with the with the shirts I think as well um the common question that we get is, okay, what happens with your business in the future? And I kind of pull a face at them and say, well, when we first started, it was all about a Liverpool 1989 candy shirt because that was the last time they won the league title. But then it's about a 2005 Liverpool Champions League shirt. In 10 years' time, it will be a Mo Salah shirt from the final last year yeah yeah and it's always changing that's, that's the kind of the beauty of it really yeah that's I mean, we were talking about this last night that's yeah. the beauty of that in 10 15 years the shirts we're wearing now like whatever like arsenal's kit the away kit now will be the next like i'm sure on your guys' side but all over the place will be the most one of the most desired shirts for whatever reason but i think it's purely from a design and the aesthetic of the shirt Aside from whatever they do in the league, or frankly don't do. Sorry, Alex. Uh, but uh, that, that's that's the crit. I'll 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 leave you netted out of it for now, Gary. But uh, I think um, that's that that's the beauty of it is that we're wearing the kits now and we're buying the kits now that in ten fifteen years will become the classic shirts for whatever is going on in modern football. That's the craziest thing if you think about it. Yeah, I mean it's funny how time flies, isn't it? Because yeah. I think back to um, the the 2009-10 season. Yeah. Already, we quickly found that th- these kits are just, they're not anywhere now. You know, you can't just go out there and buy the Inter Milan shirt or the Barcelona shirt. And, yeah, I mean, they, they go from being widely available to just somehow kind of disappearing out of plain sight. Um more so now that we find that we've got more and more of them coming out every season. Yeah, and 
it's funny because Alex and I, like, I think maybe a, like six or eight months ago, we, because uh, I have my own like little mini kit yeah. collection of like whatever, 50, 60 shirts is, that I have a, from wherever I go, anywhere that I go around the world and travel, I always try to get a kit and a scarf from that, like the local club. Um, and so I, is that absolutely where it started for you then, or did you have that's, did you have them growing up as well? I had them grow. I had I had some kits growing up. I think my first kit was an o five o six or an o six o seven United kit. Um, was it? It was uh, one of the first AIG ones, I think. Oh, okay, but that was like nice. If you think about it, like that was like thirteen years ago. That it's like yeah. it's it's insane. Like I I don't remember it. I I vividly remember going to the to the shop and buying that kit. Right. Um. But that's also something that I just started doing organically. Everywhere that I went, everyone was like buying like a t-shirt and a keychain, and I was like, I just want to find like the local guy that sells scarves and kits on like the side of the road. And, and like in the- Turkey, when we went, like it's we went to Istanbul, and this is every other corner is like a fruit stand, but of scarves. Yeah, it's different. It's definitely <laughs> different in like in Europe uh, and in the UK than from here. Because you have to go to like Adidas and like Nike Town to buy yeah, like scarves and, even, and kits. Even there, it's like limited. Yeah, but my I guess what I'm saying is that like we we recently uh, went through that Alex and myself, and I stumbled upon like my 0809 United kit from when they won the Champions League, long sleeve patches and all. In that moment, really was like it was a bit like of there, like there was like a like every like. Like every, when we were going through, every like the kit main had room, a story. Ha- yeah, exactly. Every kit had a story. Like, oh, this is the kit that I bought from this place. This is the kit that this guy gave it to me when he traveled to whatever Brazil, and he bought me a Flamengo shirt. This was my first kit I ever bought on um, with my own money, and this is the kit that I, it was. It was. It's. It's bizarre. Um, I have a question that I, I really want to sort of know. Uh, obviously the answer, but I want to see how like, if there are, if there are different answers. How do you guys go about getting? the player worn kits is it through the players is it through the fans is do you, do you guys have like connections or i guess what are the what are the different style what are the different types of ways you guys come about getting the uh like the authentic player worn kits and boots for well I, I mean we've always we've always picked up player worn kits just kind of in the process of buying other things really but the problem that comes with that is the official kind of authentication of it. As you guys probably know, there's a bunch of features that particularly on a, on a recent shirt will distinguish it from the replica one. Right. And, uh, that will lead us to go, okay, you know, this is a, a match issue or a match worn shirt. Um, but it's only in the last few years where we've gone more down the official line of, of, of buying from the players themselves. Um, that kind of started out completely from chance. And uh, I, I guess kind of as it got a little bit more official now, with uh, we've been working with the PFA in the UK and uh, hopefully we'll be kind of working with similar people across the States and in Europe as well going forward to get more and more stuff. Any interesting stories with interacting with players and buying it directly from them? <laughs> yeah, you get some weird and wonderful stories that come that 
that come with it, definitely. And uh, yeah, it, it it adds to the it adds to the uh, kind of thing of getting the shirts as well. You know, you get to meet somebody who who was a legend at some point. You know, eighties, seventies, nineties, or was very closely connected with with somebody who was. You know, we've bought a lot from officials and referees and things like that. So it's very interesting to get you know a bunch of stories from from different eyes, I guess. For sure. And one that I really um, admire is that, and I don't think you guys do a bunch of it, but like you, there's not a whole lot of like autographed kits. It's really kits to be worn and cherished and like actually used as opposed to just like buying a shirt from you guys either pre-framed or then frame it it really is a kit to be actively used as opposed to just sort of having you guys sort of meet someone have them yeah give a quick little yeah yeah and again that was a that was a conscious decision uh set very early on really we we kind of made quite a big deal amongst ourselves that we were going to be 100% 100% authentic, 100% legitimate, and that was kind of the, the crucial ingredient to the success. Um, and yeah, that just meant that we we didn't really feel that comfortable delving into signed stuff. It just felt like unless we kind of knew ourselves that it was signed, which obviously wasn't possible way back then, um, it would kind of be difficult to do it. So yeah, it was. A, it was definitely a conscious thing, and it, it's something that people have always asked us about. Um, yeah, it's a difficult world to be in, I guess. Do you think? Um, I guess moving more now into sort of the broader kit culture. Do you think there's a um, a link between your guys' success and sort of the rise in? the style of clothing, vintage wear, hype beast culture, all these sort of things in the last like three to five years. Do you think that, I mean, I personally think there is because I think what people are sort of doing and you see what the brands are doing, all the remakes and even with boots as well. Um, I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, at first I think that you you look at it and you go, okay, you're a football fan and you're coming at it from a, a slightly different perspective to, say, a designer. Um, but I think the the new generation of the people that lead these brands and who have creative influence are football fans in just the same way as what we are and have kind of used the influence of football on their life, particularly their childhood, like what we were referring to before and they've 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 taken it into their own field and um yeah it's 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 definitely a a brave new world for for us to look at in comparison to say the people that maybe bought from us in the very beginning you know the very avid football shirt connoisseur let's say but is very interesting at the same time. I think I don't know how you guys feel about it. I I think there's a there's a both um 
in this generation, I mean, myself included, I think there's a huge movement of just sort of, I mean, I'll give an example of myself for boots. Like I went through a phase of two years where I own the only thing that I was actively like in terms of like a a side hustle. All I did was look for cheap shoes online, like boots and sell them and sell them off and sell them on eBay. And I made like, I, I flipped a couple like significant, like I bought a pair of the, um, like the messy 1010s that they released like a hundred of. And oh, yeah, I, yeah. I I was able to get, and they, they gave 11 to himself. And then like the 10, like what they call them, messy athletes or like team messy. Yeah. And I got one, I got my, like a pair for like $400 or $300. And I flipped it for like 12, 1300. And that, and that was like the, the peak of it. But, um, I guess my thoughts are that it's like a, it's a completely generational thing. I think there's a huge movement of even just like normal clothes as well. It's vintage, older clothing that people you see going into thrift shops and sewing their own things together and making it unique. And I think football kits, because it wasn't so branded back in the day, even with like the manufacturer, there wasn't much of like a front sponsor, back sponsor, butt sponsor, like in the Mexican leagues. But you get like a pretty like vintage cotton, nice shirt that you can wear as like a fashion statement. And that's, I'm sure part of your audience is really just sort of into for as like a fashion staple more than just like a, as a football fan. I mean, yeah, it's funny you should say that when, uh, when we did an exhibition in New York last summer for the world cup, um, it was amazing to see how many people were wearing football shirts, just sat out for dinner in the evening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, me included. <laughs> what did what did you guys do in New York? Uh, we did an exhibition with uh, New York City FC at the Rockefeller Center. So they were kind of screening all the World Cup games. I remember that actually. Now and there was some like five a side pitch in the middle. Yeah, we were downstairs. Thankfully, with the air conditioning because it was yeah, it was yeah, yeah, New degree. <laughs> yeah, New York summers are uh, they're brutal. Uh, very Honestly, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a ridiculous experience. I, it was just completely. Yeah, it's completely pretty cool. ridiculous. It's pretty cool that in New York, especially, because you know, like if you go to, I don't know, like let's say you go to a, a city where it's just like one team, like I don't know Naples, and you just see like Napoli kits only. But in New York, you see all different kinds of leagues and nationalities and teams and i think that's because there's just so uh, such a wide variety of uh cultures here in new york you know it's probably the perfect spot to do it yeah because you get people from all over the place yeah and i think that a lot of people kind of go into the mls and speaking to people from the mls a lot of it's about the the growth of the league and the future plans for the league and you look at what New York City are trying to do with with their stadium and the whole ethos around that project you kind of think like yeah it's pretty it's pretty feasible for for football to kind of completely replace a sport like baseball because it's kind of like what we're saying with the brands like the people that are now flocking to live in New York everybody is coming from a, a football culture um, yeah, it makes it a very exciting place to be. Even, as it is for everything, I guess. Absolutely. And I mean, um, I saw it, I think, two days ago on uh, Footy Headlines that even 
what was it? Spurs have now a whole like NFL collection. Yeah, they do. Of, they of, do. Partnered with Nike, and that's something that and they had like Odell Beckham. That's as actually the, that's actually funny because when I was in uh when I I was in London about a month ago, and uh when we were coming from the airport, the guy our taxi driver was a Spurs fan, and like uh my my dad was asking him questions about the new stadium, and he said, yeah, it's a, it's amazing, but we also have. I mean, like for you guys, American football, they're a bunch of, they have shoulder pads and helmets and those actually sell out as quick as the At the stadium? At the stadium. Oh, wow. And they actually sell out more, uh, I mean, or as much as the kits and the, you know, the shirts and and the shorts. And that's kind of like crazy how just sort of all kind of sports are growing you have like off white and stuff too that they did something with I think international kids. I think there's like a Gary, you may know more than me, but I think didn't off off white did a bunch of stuff with Nike for football kids, no? Yeah, last year, yeah, they, they did a limited edition shirt which completely sold out. Um yeah, I remember seeing that they they did a whole kind of crazy launch in some warehouse in London and that was for the Nigeria and the England kit. Um, feels like a long time ago because it, yeah. now if you went to an England kit launch you'd be excited but back then I had no hope for them so <laughs> did it you, wasn't that much of interest just because you mentioned it did you guys have any um, experiences with the Nigeria kit or like the whole collection like that was probably the that most was, popular yeah I mean, that was insane here well like I mean that's the thing with football shirts I mean how is it that Nigeria can out sell uh, a Man United or a Real Madrid shirt of, of all time. It's just incredible. Like I think they sold 3.6 million units of them. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> couldn't find one at the beginning. It, it was it was weird for us. Like It kind of came out of nowhere. It was very quiet. And then um, there was a couple of teaser pictures around the launch event that they did kind of in in the day or so before. And then um, it kind of became a process of trying to figure out how they'd come about with that idea. Uh, There's loads of theories attached to it. Um, Stuff about the Nigerian FA and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's a complete segue. The reason why you kind of don't really see these crazy designs on other national team kits is because the football association don't really tend to accept them. They would prefer the the team to wear something more simple. Right. Um, But Nigeria seemed to want to kind of let Nike have complete creative license. And uh, wasn't a bad decision. Sorry. Wasn't a bad decision from from a no bad decision at all. Yeah, it was it was it was absolutely crazy. I mean, they really they really kind of struck gold, and with the with the fashion angle as well. I mean, there was so much kind of around the the kind of hybrid of Nigerian and London culture and street culture. Yeah, uh, with kind of Skepta involved, they did this whole homecoming campaign and uh, back in Nigeria. I mean, they really did kind of. They came out of nowhere and they absolutely outshone Adidas really at the World Cup, which didn't seem like it was going to happen because Adidas were doing all these old school kits and and that's what everybody seemed to want. So, yeah, it did really flip the game on its head. You do see, and I just remembered it as you were talking, you do see a lot more of a marketing push 
that even as of like I think a couple of years ago you wouldn't see, um, especially this year with Nike and their third kits. I think across the board they're all with their retro Nike logo. They're all the same sort of templated shirts. Um, like the Chelsea third kit is just it's beautiful. Like it's a really really nice kit. The white one, the black one, the black. Oh, the it's black. Like the black, white, and red. Yeah. But even you look at United, I think last year or two years ago with designer, and they did they did a whole music video launch for the <laughs> for the away kit. Like it's just bizarre, and like I, we were all watching it here. I'm like, what is what are they doing? Like it's it's making money. I mean, they're selling kits and they're making uh, even with this year's away kit. Oh no, the third kit. They had a whole like um, they have like a bomber jacket, a T-shirt. They have the Ultra Boost collection yeah. to match the. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's definitely just evolved. I mean, even as early as I think two or three years ago. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're, they're, they're taking your dreams. They're taking your childhood and uh, <laughs> taking their money it around. <laughs> <laughs> emptying our pockets. No, I, 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 again, I think it's just down to it's down to the people involved actually having a legitimate understanding of of what these things actually mean. I, I think that's why it's worked kind of from Nike's output. I mean, Pete, the 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 head guy, came to the warehouse last year and, and was kind of talking us through and hinted that they were going to be going this way uh, and kind of taking the stars from the Dorman shirt and obviously the logos as well. And I, yeah, I think they... I think they just hire very clever people that are kind of able to tap into the psyche of what we want. Um, long may it continue, really. It's great for them to actually have a focus on it again. It seemed at one time that they were just happy to churn out template kits. Yeah, yeah. It's apparently not. No, it's great. I'm curious, have you ever had any shirts come through? And it's been either too special, either for you or for the the company. And because at the beginning you mentioned you guys also um, archive as well. Have you had any kits come through that you just couldn't, you couldn't bear to let it go, and you just had to archive it? And uh... <laughs> there's there's so many kits that you get through. I mean, particularly, um, I mean, many moons ago, I would have handled pretty much every shirt that that came through, and. Uh, yeah, with the volume of stuff that we were buying, so much of it, you just felt like, wow. Uh, sometimes it's a condition. Sometimes it's seeing it in long sleeves. Sometimes it's seeing the player issue version or a particular style of print. I, yeah, there's, there's a lot that I tend to pick out and sit on a rail and reflect over and then at some point or another let them go. Yeah. Um, that seems to be the best way to do it. Otherwise, I'd be a single man in a house full of football shirts. <laughs> and I think I read it somewhere. The 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 quote, and it was a great line. It said it was something about like the collection that's never complete or the collection that's never perfect. And that's kind of what really you guys are. It's a collection that's never done. It's always evolving. It's always changing. It's yeah. <laughs> well, Daniel Story, who's a, a, a great journalist. Um, in the UK, I mean, he, he really kind of helps us out. They, um, there's a podcast called uh, The Totally Football Show that James Richardson, I don't know if you know about this, he used to do the Guardian one in the UK and then they went off and did their own one. 
And anyway, they had a live show in Manchester. A bunch of them came round and just kind of lost it in the warehouse because they are the um, the people that write the, the 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 insightful football hipster books and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah he kind of really took to it and said, "We should do something here." I I can uh, kind of speak to somebody from the BBC. I think they'll be interested in doing this. And yeah, it's funny you should say that line. I mean, that that was the line that he kind of put back to me, really. He was just like, I've listened to you. We've had a conversation for the last two hours. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about you is, and all of you, is that you, this is never going to finish. Like, there's always something else. Yeah. So, it was, yeah, it was weird. Therapy, almost. <laughs> What's your what's your most expensive item, or what maybe the most rare that in in your eyes? Uh, what's most rare to me is it is not what's most rare to you. I guess I would flip that kind of question. Back Fair around. enough. There's there's so much out there, really. It's it's, it's impossible to um, to pick out even five or ten. Some of the stuff, particularly um, the match worn shirts, are just yeah. You didn't expect to kind of see it. I mean, there's there's stupid stuff in there. It, it shouldn't even make sense. I mean, it, it's kind of it's going so far down the the rabbit hole. I mean, I'll give you one example just so it doesn't sound so vague. But there was a, a Tottenham shirt. Um, so obviously Tottenham shirts in the early 90s were sponsored by Holston but because it was uh, a cup competition in Japan like a pre-season tournament and it was sponsored by the main beer in Japan they said you can't have this Holston sponsor so Spurs actually wear the same template the same shirt as an England 1990 in that game and we kind of just got that shirt through randomly as part of a, a much bigger collection. And one by one, you go through them. And it, yeah, it just transpires that you find this. And then you go and research it and you dig further. And it's just like, it, it's crazy. Yeah, there's just endless kind of stories attached to it. No, it's great. Um, I think my last question is really, what are your guys's plant i mean can you plan for the future can you do you, i mean you guys obviously with the the retail stores in london and in manchester you guys have expanded in that sense you've expanded to obviously the clearance and boots and match worn and what's next um good question i mean we want to do uh, exhibitions and, and pop-up shops in as many places as possible i think that's high up on our agenda um we went to thailand this year uh, got out there to do an exhibition for four days and it was just amazing to meet the, the hardcore football shirt community there um and i think that that's something that we'll do elsewhere i know that there's, there's people in brazil there's obviously people in the states and just everywhere really there, there seems to be somebody that would like to to do something with us um, the other kind of thing that we haven't really kind of gone on about publicly as yet, but we've been working on American sportswear for a while and, and kind of 
I've toyed around with uh, with creating a separate brand for that stuff. So hopefully we'll be bringing that out in, in the new year at some point. A lot going on. Nice. Yeah. Do you have, any, do you have anything to add? Reza? No, I'm, and it's just a great conversation. Um, it's probably like I, I've never met anyone as geeked out by kits and boots and the whole flipping thing as much as a as much as this conversation. So I really thank you for your time. Uh, all the best uh, for you in the future and the company. And uh, if you're ever in New York. Uh, We'll hopefully see you soon, and uh, I definitely want to make a trip out to London and England and stop by one of the shops as well, because that's when Alex told me he was in London and Manchester. I was like, you didn't go to see the classic football show store. <laughs> I didn't have enough time. Well, now you know. I did that... the British thing of being like, you know, politely not offended by that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, now he will, and we'll definitely stop by... Um, yeah, no, thank you so much for your time and uh hopefully, no, thanks, thanks hopefully we'll talk soon. Me, I mean, yeah, we we would kind of be yeah, definitely looking forward to doing something in in New York next year and um yeah, I mean, I can't believe that you guys have followed the business for so long. I mean, it's funny that um when you when you speak to people and they say like I've been following you for 2 years and they feel like that's a long time and then yeah, quite rare no, no we're the, we're we're the originals the, we're the ogs <laughs> we're the OGs. Bef- before <laughs> the, your re- the lighters are the lighters are out Bef- I, I i'm trying to think of the first time and it's fine i i uh i follow the blog footy headlines almost every day and i see i, I think that might be where i saw your ad in the very first time but, um it's always like the cfh 10 percent off and <laughs> i just no, I'm trying to think of the, I'm trying to think of the first time I ever went on your site, but it was it had to be like I mean like so what was what was your first one that you got I from the site? I don't even rem- cuz I I remember my my first one was the uh uh it was the maroon hi, like hybrid edition the Henri one. The uh, yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, it was the it was the maroon Arsenal one with the last year at hybrid. I think mine was United or a, or a USA kit from like before I started watching and following yeah. U.S. soccer. I anyway. mean, that Arsenal shirt has really, I guess, kind of sums up the story of, of vintage football shirts in general because when it's not, it doesn't really feel like it's been out forever, even though it has been nearly 15 yeah. years. And yet, it's something that when we started, we would sell for 30 quid, and now we would sell for... 130 quid and yeah we got a long sleeve one through last week in a box and i thought yeah it's been a while since i've seen that it ages like fine wine yeah (laughs) yeah it looks like fine wine ages like fine wine i mean you can't really go wrong with a gold sponsor can you no no you can't all right gary thank you so much i know it's uh slowly getting late in your time but uh we really appreciate it we hope we uh Hopefully we'll meet you one day in either New York or London, but hopefully we'll talk soon. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. See you later. Bye.